It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. What's up, everyone? I hope you're all having a fantastic week, getting a chance to get out wherever you are to play some golf with your family. Now, something that's talked a lot about and what I feel is underappreciated at times is the importance of the parent role in junior golf. So this week, I'll be interviewing PGA Master Golf Professional Dave Malone. What I see is sometimes the parents will come and they're saying their son or daughter is very inconsistent which golf is an inconsistent game, we get that. But then we try to come back and say, well, but has your child been consistently coming to golf lessons, consistently having the right diet, consistently doing the right fitness, playing other sports, positive attitude, and and usually they, they can't say they're consistently doing that. Dave has been in the golf industry for over 30 years and is the owner and operator of the Pine Lake Junior Golf Academy in Lincoln, Nebraska. Dave most recently was awarded a top 50 U.S. kids golf instructors in the world, and he wants to excel in providing an an exceptional junior golf experience that includes fun and games with a purpose. Now, Dave has recently written a book to help junior golf parents better understand the journey children go through and offers tips on how to be best involved in your junior golfer's journey. His book is called Coaching Parents for the New Generation of Junior Golfers. So I'm really excited to bring Dave in and talk to him about this topic because I think it really connects well with this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. All right, Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Travis, for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. You know, what we're going to kind of discuss is things that you put into your most recent release of this of your book, Coaching Parents for the New Generation of Junior Golfers. And what I think is interesting is like, it's often as a parent, particularly like golf parents, we get into this role, and we're not really sure what to do or what to expect. So I think this is, I think it's really cool what you've put together. So my first question will be is, where did this idea of writing this book come from? Well, having taught junior golfers for 40 plus years and witnessing parents wanting all the best for their child and sometimes acting quite contrary to that. Uh, I see it a lot that they teach their children or coach their children like they were taught. And, uh, you know, we've complicated it, not made it as much fun. So this is this is hopefully beneficial to give them an idea and not to forget their children, their young children mostly. And uh, we need to accept probably the new generation of junior golfers. What would be an example, like just kind of thinking back of how maybe we were taught as junior golfers and that may be something that parents portray, but that's actually different from the new generation. Well, that's when I was young, my mom or dad very seldom went to the golf course, let alone watched me in a tournament and weren't taking golf instruction, obviously. And with this younger generation of parents and juniors, mom or dad maybe has played golf, taken lessons, been involved more. 
And what happens is they start to teach their kids like they were taught. Much too complicated. They're not speaking the same language. They're they're taking a little bit of the fun away. And Travis, I think, treating it more like a classroom. And uh, this generation of children, they like to have fun. They like to play games. But behind there is the, the purpose behind the whole thing hidden in that. And they don't really realize, but they're having fun in games. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. That's that's for sure. And like even with your background, like I said, like my parents, like I don't really remember my parents seeing me hit golf balls at all or come to any tournaments. Not even I don't think they came to a single one, to be honest. It was just kind of dropped me off and I was doing my thing. Right. And, um, you know, on one aspect, I didn't have any like coaching for my parents at all. It was all just myself. But I see where you're coming from because I, I see the same things from my experience with coaching as well. And, and it is quite a different world now, isn't it? In junior golf. Yeah, it is. And again, I see a lot of times dad maybe just had a lesson two weeks ago and is trying to pass that same information on to a 10 year old and, you know, they can't relate. And so dad or mom gets a little frustrated. The child becomes frustrated. Then everybody kind of loses their patience and then we don't move forward. For sure. What are you trying to, I guess, accomplish or assist in for the masses with providing this resource now with your new book? Well, trying to give them new ideas, strategies, and essential tips, really, to help them relate more favorably to their child and mm-hmm. kind of shift the mindset a little bit, if you would, and and try to educate them that hey they're 10 they're not the way you were raised and let's adapt if we do the same old Mm. approach probably probably isn't going to work with this generation yeah might even scare some of them away and i I think there's a lot of good stuff out there now right and you know there's a lot of different types of resources and coaching academies and coaching styles now that kind of adapt towards this new generation which is great but as a as a parent I think you've got to do a little bit of your own homework to f- seek out those facilities, right? And those places and those coaches who are doing those cool things, because maybe again, the old school way was whatever golf course is closest to your house is the one that you go to and practice and play at. But maybe that's not the best place for the environment for your children. Well, it used to be, Travis, not that long ago that the 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 new assistant, the beginning assistant was delegated to teaching the juniors. And we always talk to about beginners teaching beginners and that's that's never never a good situation knowing what i know now i want my most experienced teacher or instructor or coach out there helping these beginning juniors and we tend to do it the other way around i think we're making progress on that but you know attitudes are changing personalities are changing with these young kids and we need to have somebody out there that kind of understands that we're going to touch on some things in your book I loved reading it and, you know, we're going to talk about how the listeners can find your book at the end of the podcast, but, you know, where you started with in the book was you talked about encouragement. So why was that one of the first places you wanted to start at the beginning of the book? Well, yeah, parents have a huge impact on their child's desire to play golf. And uh, when we have our sessions out here, our academy, or even when we do private instruction, you know, I would like mom or dad to be there so we're all on the same page and as we all know parents have a huge impact on anything the children do and that also includes golf 
involved. So we're, we speak not only to the, the child, but we're speaking also to the parents. And hopefully they take that, uh, that attitude and go forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, going back on something you said a few minutes ago is just about how the generation, I mean, kids have always liked having fun, right? But, you know, this particular generation, let's say, of junior golfers, they're looking for outdoor activities that are fun, not strenuous. And so fun and encouragement, I think, sometimes can go very well together because we don't want to be discouraging these kids in this long journey of junior golf. And there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, right? But as the parent, like you said, it's we're the, I think parents' role is overlooked even by coaches. You know, I, I it, the parents' role is so important, and uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think just that encouragement is just is just a, a really important but delicate part of that uh, role of, of of a junior golf parent for sure. So that's cool. Yeah, I I think that's great what you said there. Yeah, I like what you said. It's got to got to be fun. Otherwise, why are they going to go to the golf course? And we hope it's, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, I want to go to the golf course today. Will you please take me? Can you make sure I get out there? Games, we all like to have games. We all like to compete. And Mm -hmm. hopefully the parents and the coaches are on the same page about there's a purpose behind everything we're doing. We see a lot of programs, they just want to have fun and games. Well, eventually that runs out. You, you, You want to see some improvement, and that's the purpose behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, it's several things behind there, but it's, it's there for sure. So what, what do you think as adults, and this is both for parents and coaches. So I'd put the adults in the same category. What is it that we misunderstand about what children want out of golf? Well, yeah, I think it's, you'd like to develop a love for the game first and then see them improve. You know, I think a lot of times we do it opposite we want to see them get better we we fill them with lessons and and going out and competing in tournaments and then maybe you're taking a risk there and not developing the love for the game first if the love is developed i think you can get through the the issues the landmines so to speak that come up and uh, if they have that love and that strong desire and uh, everything else usually takes care of itself yeah, I would agree 100%. I think that's so true. I love how you broke that down because I, I agree. I think it's not just as parents that we get that wrong. I think as coaches as well, we kind of get that reversed, don't we? Where we're trying to get them to play better before they even have a full interest or love in the game. And, you know, it's something that I think we have to keep in the back of our minds as adults when, you know, whether it's parenting or coaching these junior golfers. And I, I couldn't agree more because, like you said, when there's ups and downs. Well, when they're on the downs and they don't have any love, well, what are they going to do? Probably going to quit, right? Stop playing the game. Yeah, they're going to move on to some other activity that's a lot more fun. And exactly. quickly <laughs> abandon golf. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of that, uh, in a more positive manner, why are playing multiple sports so important? Because a lot of times you think, well, we're doing golf to get better golf. We should only do golf. But what are some of those important things that we get out of other sports during the process? Yeah, that's get that question all the time where, you know, the younger or the older generation was dived in with golf 100 percent at an early age and felt like they had to focus on that completely. But I think the golf swing relies more than ever on a movement pattern of many muscles, tendons and joints provide a consistent balanced golf swing. And, and that just kind of takes care of itself. You're not like you're going to work out. You're going to play basketball, soccer, hockey, and you're having fun. 
but you're also developing that coordination. Uh, we have found, Travis, being physically fit does not guarantee you'll make a good shot every time, but being out of shape is an invitation to be inconsistent, not be able to maintain that throughout the whole round. So, And then you got the risk of injury. I mean, if you sit there and play golf, play golf, and use the same muscle groups over a period of time, we've all heard about the risk of injury. So, so try to add a variety and, and plus gives them a, a break from golf occasionally and less likely to have burnout. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, I mean, that summed it up perfectly. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's actually something I was guilty of in my first few years of coaching golf was I was actually telling parents, I said, you know, maybe you should put more focus in the golf. And then the longer I started coaching, the more I realized how much I actually didn't know. And then I started learning more. I started doing more, you know, courses and uh, research and reading books. And then I was like, Ooh, actually this is a very important thing. And I was making that mistake telling parents the wrong thing. And, you know, over years, then I was like telling students, I said, look, you guys, it's okay to take a break. You know, you can play soccer, you can play baseball. And actually it's probably going to add a lot of benefit to your child's golf if that's what you want. And it's going to give them a break so they can have fun playing other sports. And like you said, there's some risk prevention behind it as well. And, um, it's an important message and you'd be surprised how many people actually don't know that even coaches. Yeah. We see that all the time. I think we're coming around on that. Um, but we still got a ways to go and, uh, whether it's basketball, hockey seems to work really well. Tennis seems to work really well. And, and you see it all the time, Travis, children that have played other sports, they develop a lot faster rate and, uh, make improvements that you couldn't imagine uh, if they weren't playing other sporting activities. hundred percent. Yeah. What's interesting is actually, if you look at a lot of the professional golfers, if that's what you would want your child to try to go for, but just looking at them, like, you know, you got Jordan Spieth. He was a great basketball player and baseball player. Uh, I think Gary Woodland, I think he got a scholarship to college on basketball. It wasn't even for golf. And well, he won the U S open, <laughs> you know, he's a good player. Right. And uh, Daniel Berger, his dad's a tennis coach and he's an excellent tennis player. And, you know, you look at all these guys and they're like well-rounded athletes and some of them didn't even choose golf until like, you know, they got to the end of high school or some even in college, they switched to golf, you know, full time. So yeah, I think you're hundred percent right with that. And it's just crazy if you think of it that way, because I think as adults, we think, oh, Jordan Spieth's been playing golf since he was seven. That's all he did. Well, actually, that's not all he did. He did a lot of other things along the way, right? Even Tiger was the same. You know, right? <laughs> exactly. We have one student that their freshman year in high school played baseball. You know, very good pitcher. Sophomore and junior year played golf. Outstanding golfer. He's play, plus he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Is and that right? Senior year, he already had his commitment and his scholarship in set in stone for for golf. So he said, hey, "I'll go play baseball my senior year," and he's a great athlete. No kidding. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that's a good example, too, of not only just playing multiple sports, but even taking the break from golf, right? He's like, well, I want to get one more year of baseball in before I have to go play golf full time. Yeah, he it was well thought out, I think. And and, and uh, his dad was a golf professional, too. So he had some some advanced knowledge there. And his dad was a really good athlete. So that helps. That does help. That definitely does help for sure. You know, the only thing I, I think a lot of times as a parent, especially, is when the kid, you know, when your child gets some momentum in golf and let's just say you start seeing some progress some more enjoyment, 
Maybe they're playing tournaments. Who knows? I think a lot of times we fear like that momentum could come to a halt if they switch now to another sport. What do you think about that? Like, how would you answer that for a parent? Yeah, uh, those fundamental movement patterns transfer well to any sport. In fact, we, we our academy goes year-round in Nebraska, and if a student or a child has to miss a month or two because of basketball, we applaud them and say, go, that's great. I think in the the older generation that was frowned upon, even coaches tried to convince them not to pretty selfishly on their part. And I think, you know, I think parents are, you know, with, with help from coaches, you know, experienced junior coaches, they're, they're seeing that. Plus the kids have a lot more fun, 12 months a year at golf. <laughs> that's, that's the formula for burnout, as you know, and, and especially in individual mm-hmm. sport where there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, let's get them on a team sport where they can fly under the radar, still win, but maybe not have a good game. Yeah, I totally agree. So you talk about early achievers and late bloomers, and um, I think it's such an important thing to share with parents. But, you know, what would you advise, you know, adults listening, you know, to understand if they have a child who's doing well in golf already, and let's just say they're six, seven years old, and their kids, let's just say they're playing tournaments, winning, have a nice swing, but... What 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 advice would you give them to kind of tell them about this journey and what they need to understand about that situation? Yeah, that's that's a difficult conversation to have sometimes because the parents may not may not want to hear. Uh, but you know, you always want to stay a student, right? I mean, in anything we do, we can always learn and you know and av- avoid coasting. You know, to say, hey, I've arrived. I can take some time off. I don't have to practice as much. I don't have to visit with my coach as much. And it's frustrating to hear parents say, hey, my, this person's a natural. And, uh, you know, it's hard to address that sometimes. But, uh, you know, they won't get better if they're convinced that they're the best. And uh, with the underachievers at first, you know, try to get the parents to understand. Let's play the long game. Let's let's be patient here. This this will most likely work out if they have that love and desire for the game. But everybody tends to be a little impatient sometimes, and I try to have them say, "Hey, don't lose your patience with this. Let's gain more patience." <laughs> and that's in this day and age, like that. as we good all advice. know, that's a challenge. And what other choice do you have? <laughs> you know. Either be impatient or gain more patience. Well, as we know, that's pretty important. Absolutely, yeah. I was actually listening to another podcast, and it was a coach who coached, I think it was like middle school or high school girls basketball. And what he said was he saw, very similar to what you said, let's just say on the early bloomers, they would get these players, and they already thought they were the best, just like you said. And a lot of times what happens let's just say if results and being good at the sport is important, they would hit the brakes because they already thought they made it. And you got these, let's just say late bloomers or people who haven't, they're still working their tails off to get better. And then at some point they cross, right? And next thing you know, that early bloomer, the person who thought it, like because they hit the brakes because they thought they already made it at age 10, now they're in high school and maybe they're sitting on the bench or, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of those stories, right? And it can happen, right? And so if if results is what you're looking for, you know, not everybody's looking for, you know, competitive golf or results. But if that is something that's important to the junior golfer and to the, 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 the family, 
you're right. It's something to think about, right? It, it is. And the late bloomers, I would say, don't worry. You know, there's still plenty of time. And, the, you know, especially in the teenage, early teenage years, the developmental changes in their body, like so much can happen without really much influence on an adult, right? And, you know, all of a sudden you're like, geez, well, how's, how's he or she hitting the ball so well all of a sudden? Like what's happened, right? And you'd be surprised what can happen, right? I'm sure you've seen it time and time out, right? Well, you see lots of kids that are 9, 10, 11, their closets are filled with trophies that, believe it or not, don't even make their high school team. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel bad for the the child because it's probably not the child that is telling them they're, they're the greatest thing since candy bars. It's probably the parent. And, you know, they all like mm-hmm. to brag. We all do. I've got three kids, but that's an easy right? trap to fall into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it was Arnold Palmer's dad who made a very strong point to never talk about how well Arnold was doing to other people and especially in front of Arnold Palmer. Like he would give him some very good advice as far as, you know, keep working hard, keep trying hard, all these kinds of things. But he would never kind of like blow his own horn and make Arnold feel like he was such a great player, even though he was a good player. Uh, you know, in his in his young years before he was professional, but his dad made sure not to make him think that he was so good so that he would keep working hard and trying to continue to improve and improve and improve. And obviously it paid off, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that's coming. Good news is that's coming from the parent down. So that's right. why we're trying to coach the parents on the new generation. They want to hear how great they are at an early age. Well, are they really that great? And at the whole time you're talking somebody up, that other parents and their child is saying, give me time. I'm going to, I'm going to beat that young man and I'm going to do things the right way. And then you're right. The older child or their early achiever starts to panic or question their ability. And you're right. Like you said, they pass and uh, you see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. It's, you know, I use the word delicate, the whole process and the whole journey of junior golf is delicate from you know, all the adults involved and also the junior golfer. And like, there's quite that fine line where it's like, okay, so where do we go? What do we say? Right. And it's, you know, I always say like, you got to kind of reflect on what your overall values are. And if you can remember what those are, that's going to help guide you and your junior golfer in the right direction, because, you know, it's very easy just to say, Oh, I want them to have fun and enjoy it. But then if you're actually not thinking about that, when you're standing there behind them on the range or watching them play in a tournament, well, then the words or body language you use actually might be different than what you actually say is important, right? So that's why I always say, you know, reflect on those values and make sure you really understand what those are as an adult being involved in the junior golfer. And I think that'll help guide you in the right direction to help in the junior golf over junior golfer overall. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. You better be careful what you say as a parent because your child is listening <laughs> and, right. and listening well. They, you know, they want you know, the acceptance and the approval of mom and dad. And uh, so be very cautious about the words you choose and and keep them at the forefront, not kind of what your motivation is. And it'll all work out if they do. But that's why you, parents, you know, they, they tend to get in the way <laughs> more than the golf swing does. And uh, that's where good coaching, an experienced coach that has had some success will certainly help the parents in this process. For sure. Right. And I think if you're if you're a parent listening, I think 
going to the coach and asking questions uh, and having good open line of communication, I think is important. And I think if you're a coach listening, I think the same thing, you've got to make sure that you're regularly communicating with the parents and the junior golfers so that everybody's involved and everybody's on the same page and everybody knows what's going on. Because I think that dynamic is really important. If you know, you want your child to play golf for the rest of their life, I think, you know, and not leave the game. I think it's just, it's, it's just an important, everybody has to be on a very similar page. And if all those values can align together, I think you'll have some good success with, with the junior golfer. And I think well said was, uh, I've said this before on the podcast, but Matt Reagan from operation 36 said, what you want as a parent is to be able to play golf with your children for the rest of your life. That's what you want. So you probably should be doing things that align with that so that you can continue to play this game. If you do love golf as a parent to play with them forever. And part of that is being able to have open conversations with the coach and vice versa, I think is just huge. Yeah. Yeah. And what I see is sometimes the parents will come and they're saying their son or daughter is very inconsistent, which golf is an inconsistent game. We get that. But then we try to come back and say, well, but has your child been consistently coming to golf lessons, consistently having the right diet, consistently doing the right fitness, playing other sports, positive attitude. And, and usually they, they can't say they're consistently doing that. So eventually the coach gets blamed for the inconsistency. Well, it's probably not the coach. Can be, but usually not the coach. It's inconsistent behavior. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought of it actually to that extent. I think that's a good thing for us as adults to think about. And it's good advice if you're a coach to give to a parent of yours or and as a parent listening, I think just think about that first before worrying about the consistency of this inconsistent game. <laughs> that's a great, the behaviors and the habits that you have or that the children have, yeah, you'll probably find some type of leak within that system that could actually be causing where the problems are coming from. That's the root cause there. Yeah, I like that. Well, well, no, I think the ego plays a big role in that too on the parents, you know, and, you know, that ego, you know, you've got to, you may have to address that. It's not, that's not an easy conversation. And, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, they want their child to be the best and, and they think they've, they've got the correct answer to that. So, right. No, totally. So what what about children who lack a little bit of confidence, whether it's they're playing tournaments, they're not winning, or whether it's just they feel like they're not getting better or they're falling behind from the progress of their peers as a, as a parent or an adult? Like what, what kinds of conversations would you recommend having with the junior golfer to help get their confidence up? Or what kinds of things would you recommend them do to get the confidence up? Yeah, that's a huge part of golf for sure, as we both know. You know, I, I think you got to praise the effort, not the result. You know, are we doing the little things correctly? Practice, that's, you know, most most children don't practice effectively, and we try, that's part of it. And the other thing is don't focus on just every shot. That's, that's a lot of pressure on a child. And, uh, you know, let's focus on the effort. And then try to monitor progress off the golf course. Maybe – we have a little skills test where we do putting, maybe a short putt. We put five balls around, let's say three feet from the hole, all different angles. And if you make three out of five, then we go to lag putting. Now let's have a 30-foot lag putt. And if you two putt four out of five, then, then you've made progress. Then you go on to around the green shots, whether it's bunker shots, chipping, pitching, kind of the same concept. 
and then with the full swing. And as they start to see their numbers rise, that probably builds a little confidence and it's not quite as much pressure when you're out there with just your coach and your dad saying, okay, full swing, this shot in order to be successful or get a point, you have to carry the ball a hundred yards in the air. And, uh, and you know, then show them the results and then you go to the next level. Okay. Now you got to make three out of five from five feet and just keep progressing. And hopefully that confidence will carry over to, to the golf course and tournaments, et cetera. Yeah, I like that. Just small steps, right? Small steps along the way to build up the confidence. Yeah, I like that. So you had this title in the book, and I loved it. So I've got to say it. I've got to share it. You said, win some, learn some. And I thought that was cool. I had an episode back in December, I believe it was, and it was called Failure is a Feature. And talk about let's talk about the power of mistakes and failure. How, why is that important in the process? And then again, how do we embrace that as adults assisting these junior golfers? Cause it's tough to watch and see sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And everybody needs to be patient, but I think sometimes when you lose, you win. And sometimes believe it or not, when you win, you lose. I mean, the winner made coast, like we said earlier, are not practice as hard or, you know, skipper practice and where, if you lose, hopefully that's enough motivation that they don't. no one likes getting beat over and over. And so they're going to practice a little smarter. They're going to maybe work out a little bit more. They're going to watch their, their diet a little closer. And like you said, all of a sudden, then they pass somewhere. And it's, it's really fun when you see the child doing all the little things that are, Travis, that are almost invisible. And then they become visible. And that's so cool. But it takes a while mm-hmm. for that invisible to be visible. For sure. Yeah, I agree. You know, one thing I would say as a coach, I was guilty of in my early years of coaching is, you know, I'd I'd see a student hit a poor shot and maybe jump in a little bit too early to try to help with that mistake or situation. And over time, I started realizing, you know, well, they're going to have to hit a top, they're going to have to hit a shank, they're going to have to know all these things and feel these things for them to actually understand what good and bad shot even feels like, because you know how it is sometimes working with new students or beginner golfers. You could ask them, hey, how'd that feel? And they could hit one flush and they could hit one topped. And sometimes they don't even know the difference, right? And then, you know, you talk about that and you, you know, you just start to ask a lot more questions. Well, as let's just say you're a parent and you want to help out your own child, maybe it's okay just to let them hit those tops and those shanks and just let them ask them some questions and let them figure it out. And, and, and you'd be surprised. Children are brilliant. They're going to figure it out, right? They're, they're not going to hit you know, a hundred shanks around the golf course, you know, or a hundred tops around the golf course, you know, eventually you're going to figure out how to get the ball in the air, aren't they? And I think sometimes we don't allow the children to fail and make enough mistakes and we want to jump in too early. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I think it's true. At the end of the day, the car ride home is (laughs) if, if your child is afraid to get in the car after the round, that's never a good thing. And that, that, that tugs uh, at, my heart and it's just unfortunate and sad that they're frightened and, and let's let them get in the car let them be comfortable let's get them back i mean you know maybe we let, let them tune to their favorite radio station maybe we go get a, a root beer float let them talk first and the car ride home if they're if they are resenting that and you know there's an issue and it's from the parents down and how soon we forget as a parent, we didn't hit every shot perfect. And we might have finished last in a few tournaments. And uh, 
like I say, that may be good. That actually, it's hard to accept that because now they're probably going to be a little more motivated to, to succeed the next time. But just let it play out. You don't, the kid doesn't need to know that they hit a bad shot. They already know it, and they don't need to be reminded. And uh, the, the magic words, I think, Travis, are when you get in the car, you know what, I love watching you play golf. If you say that, that's pretty heartwarming. It doesn't matter about the score. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I had a um, a woman, she w- used to be in the junior golf program that I was coaching in in the States, and she just finished her four years of college golf. And one advice she said, or one thing she said she remembers as a child is, after every round of golf, her parents would take her to the Olive Garden, which is her favorite restaurant, and they would always go there. So whether she won or whether she lost, whether she played well, whether she played poor, didn't matter. They had the same routine no matter what. And they always went to the same restaurant, which she loved, and that made her feel good. And most of the time, they didn't even talk about golf at the lunch or the dinner, whatever it was. It was just, they went back. It was just, hey, we're a family. You're my daughter. We're going to go enjoy a nice meal together. This is something that you like. And she said knowing that gave her a lot of confidence going to play every time because she didn't have so much pressure on her results. It was always just, you know, her parents weren't pressured on that. And she knew after the round, no matter what, she'd have a good meal. And she looked forward to that. That's pretty awesome. You, you don't hear those stories a lot, but that's that's a great story. And that makes fun. It makes it all fun for everybody, no matter how you finish. I love that. I, I 100% I totally agree. Yeah, I love that as well. Yeah. So, Dave, you know, I really enjoyed reading your book. And like I said, I, I thought, you know, when I saw you post the release of your book and people, a lot of people were very interested in, in purchasing your book, which is so cool. And I read through the book and I was just thinking how much it aligned with this podcast and with, you know, what the listeners of this podcast are, are looking for and looking for more of that type of help and information. So where can people find more about a way to purchase your book? Well, they can go to our Junior Academy website, which is Pine Lake Junior, spell the word junior out, pinelakejuniorgolfacademy.com, and it's on the, on the homepage. Uh, or they can call or text me, 402-560-3371, or simply send me an email at d. D is in David, D Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E, P-G-A, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'm happy to talk. If anybody wants to call, junior golf is, I love to talk junior golf and talk to parents that want to do the best they can for their child. I appreciate that. And I'll share those, uh, I'll share that information and those links in this podcast uh, show notes as well. So people can okay. easily click those links and, and go straight to that, which is great. And what would be your final words of inspiration for raising golfers? You know, uh, the child, if he can be mature enough to fill themselves with desire boosters, people that support them no matter what the situation is. You know, that burning desire, don't hang out with people that are trying to undermine that and under any circumstance will support your dreams and your goals. And there's so many things out there that are desire boosters. We've talked about a few of them already. And because uh, there's going to be opportunities to, you know, to have a negative conversation or somebody to root against you. Well, you don't have, you know, move on. Get around somebody that, that wants the best for you. 
I love that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Dave, I mean, I love everything you're doing for junior golf and the game. You know, this book, again, I highly recommend it for listeners going out and purchase and give it a read. It's it's coaching parents for the new generation of junior golfers. Again, I'll have those links in the show notes. But just just awesome having a chance to to talk to you and get even more information. You know, there's a lot more you put in the book that I think people need to go and read. And some of the stuff you shared today is also just a great addition to that. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much for coming on and joining me today. Travis, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, enjoyed talking junior golf with you and your audience. And uh, we wish everybody the best. Yeah, thank you so much. That's great. Thanks, Dave. All right, that was a great interview with Dave Malone, PJ Master Golf Professional. I can tell just by his personality how good of a coach he is, especially with junior golfers. You can see how patient he is and how passionate he is in what he has to say. And obviously his experience over the years, he can really portray onto his junior golfers and the families involved in his program. And now with his new book, he's sharing a lot of the information to all of us out there. I really like how he puts encouragement at the forefront and helps us adults understand how children learn, thrive, and change all at different paces. So make sure to check out his book and continue to learn. And what I'm gonna finish with today is I'm gonna give you a quote from Malcolm X. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Have a great week, everyone. Look forward to having you here back soon. And any feedback or questions you have, I'd be happy to answer. Take care, guys. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.